In Advent, we prepare for the coming of the King, Christ. And one way of our preparing is to actually reflect on our own faith journey. We awaken to what has already happened in the past, the birth of the Christ child. We wake up to Christ who even comes now by his spirit. And we rouse ourselves to conscious presence of Christ who will also come in great glory to make all things new. Jesus tells us in our gospel reading to stay awake four times, just in this particular passage. He emphatically says, what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. In other words, Jesus was accustomed to saying this to many people. In fact, he said it so much that he didn't want people to miss it. Again, keep awake, he says. One of my favorite things about the Advent and Christmas season are the movies that repeat every year, that we watch, that brings us together as a community, that we enjoy as family and friends to celebrate the season, not to forget the true meaning of Christmas, especially in the midst of rampant materialism and feel-good emotionalism, which is so shallow. Most Christmas movies, if you stay alert for it, <laughs> have a great awakening that happens at some point in the movie, usually toward the end. In Elf, Buddy gradually awakens to the reality that he is not an elf, but rather he is a human being his awakening then helps other elves and other human beings to awaken to the spirit of Christmas, especially in Manhattan, in the movie. In Family Man, which I don't recommend for children, <laughs> you can ask me later why, <laughs> Jack is a single wealthy uh, businessman and executive enjoying his party life and his single life in Manhattan. He's a womanizer. He only thinks about himself. Then an angel interrupts his life and sends him into an alternate reality. He wakes up on Christmas morning and lying next to him is his wife. A dog is licking his face. His children are jumping up and down on the bed, excited to open Christmas gifts. And as he wakes up, he realizes he's not living in a high-rise in Manhattan or working there, but he is a tire shop salesman in New Jersey. In It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey goes through a living nightmare of losing a mountain of cash, about to lose his whole business, maybe even lose his home and his family. And so in an act of desperation, he decides to end it all until an angel interrupts his life and awakens him through another alternate reality to what life would be without him, without the gift of George Bailey, without the gift of family and friends and goodness and even life itself. 
in A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge doesn't wake up just one time, but four times. The first time he wakens up to the ghost of Christmas past. The angel awakens him to the wounds of his past and to the sins of his past. The second angel awakens him to Christmas present and to the realization that he has become numb to the needs of others and even the suffering of others, especially tiny Tim. The third time he awakens, he awakens to the ghost of Christmas future and his meaningless and fruitless death. And the fourth time, you'll have to see that in the movie. <laughs> How could we forget Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown Christmas? All the characters are struggling through Christmas. They're dealing with the materialism, trying to decorate a pathetic Christmas tree. Linus wakes everyone up when he reads the Christmas story beautifully on national television. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. The reason these movies are so heartwarming is that they awaken us. They stir in us a reminder and a realization to the ever-present kingdom of Christ that is born into this world through the Christ child. We realize how often we live through life unconsciously until something stirs us and then we too awaken. Jesus diagnoses all of us with a condition called somnambulism. Somnambulism is a fancy word for sleepwalking. And if you've ever experienced it or witnessed it, it's quite unsettling. A person walks around with their eyes open. They're having a conversation with somebody you can't see. And they are yet completely asleep oblivious to the conscious world that's all around them, even though their eyes are wide open. And so that's how we can be spiritually. We can be walking through life asleep, unconscious to the Christ that is around us. And isn't that so true about our world? The nation's waging war, individuals shooting college students in Vermont. They are sleepwalking through life, completely dead and comatose to the preciousness of life, even of innocent children, the innocent children of Palestine and Israel, and all the preciousness of life. And think about how our nation is sleepwalking through politics, filled with hate from moderates, from the left, from the right, as we unconsciously are ignorant of the needs of the whole nation, of everyone, and for the greater good, and to what Christ called us to, to even love our enemies and to pray for them, not to destroy them. 
And so we can be completely unaware of how our words, how our actions, how even our thoughts can be destructive, how they can harm others and even harm ourselves. What Jesus is saying is that our sleepwalking is actually holding us captive, like someone who is held in prison in a coma and can't wake up. Our unconscious state blinds us, it deafens us, and it even numbs us to the love of God. The love of God that we should love him back with our whole being, and the love of our neighbor, just as Christ loved us. We are comatose sometimes even to the suffering of others. How could we not notice the unrighteousness and the injustice all around us and not be in prayer for others and for ourselves if we're consciously living? It's why Jesus prays on the cross, as you'll remember, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Did you catch that? The people that crucified Jesus were sleepwalking through a death sentence and an execution, according to Jesus. And so we prayed at the beginning of this service for ourselves. By your merciful protection, O Lord, awaken us to the threatening dangers of our sins. What this world needs, what you and I need, is a great awakening. So Jesus tells us, as the master of the house, he comes to rouse us, to wake us up to what really matters and to what he is truly doing in, around us, and even through us. So Jesus says that as the master of the house, he will come again. By the way, do you know what Billy Graham called Lutherans in the United States? The sleeping giant. He called us the sleeping giant because there were so many Lutherans, so many more than other denominations have. Yet he wanted to rouse us from our apparent slumber and do something for the greater good in the kingdom. Growing up, I did not need an alarm clock because I had my mother. <laughs> Every morning she would come into my room and she would go, ta-da-da-da-da-da, charge! And if that didn't work, my dad would come in and stick his ice-cold hands underneath the covers, just ever after having shoveled the driveway, which he wanted our help with, I finally had my fill of my mom singing and my dad's ice-cold hands. And so I took the initiative to set my alarm clock to beat them to it. I took responsibility to wake up so that the mistress and master of the house wouldn't have their chance to torment me and wake me up. <laughs> and maybe that was my parents' strategy all along. I don't know. And so Jesus comes to us. Stay awake, he says. Wake up. 
And then he points out to the wisdom of the fig tree. He says, learn the lesson from the fig tree. You'll note that fig trees are not surprised by the coming summer sun. The once dormant tree unfolds her green leaves, these solar panels, to absorb the power of the sun. So when the sun in its fullness arrives with light and heat, the tree is already awakening, already waking up and staying awake to receive the sun's life-giving glory. So Jesus does not want you or me to fall asleep at the wheel of life. He wants us to wake up to this day, the day that he has made so that we would rejoice and be glad in it and live into it and be present to it just as he tells us to keep awake. December may be a time for trees, especially deciduous trees, to shed their leaves and to go into their wintry slumber, but it's not that time for us. It might be time for bears and spring peepers to go into the hibernation for the winter, but not so for us. Jesus says, stay awake. You are to be like the evergreen tree, the Christmas tree. And so we learn the lesson from the fig tree, that it's time to bud your leaves, to unfold your leaves, to spread out your arms and your branches and receive the blinding light of the midday sun, Jesus Christ. Wake up, arise, and receive the light of glory. And so we pray, amen, come. Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.